Father, we are pressing in. We're not taking these things for granted, Lord. We know that these things are holy. The gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says that these gifts flow as the Spirit of God wills. But Lord, we've got a responsibility to play, and that is in 1 Corinthians 14. We desire spiritual gifts. Thank you, Father God, that as we speak your word today, every heart is receptive. We approach your word in faith, and we approach your word in humility. I thank you, Lord, that you will make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer, that I might declare your word here today. May every heart be alert. May every mind be alert. May every heart be receptive. May every mind be receptive today. May your word be sown into the lives of each person watching. Thank you, Father God, that all that shall be done today will be done for your glory. Anyone that's sick in their bodies, even Lord, as I speak, I pray, Lord, that you will heal their sick bodies now from the crown of their heads down to the soles of their feet. Touch them, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone say, Amen, Amen, Amen. So go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's our foundational text. We are looking at mighty manifestations of the Spirit. Last week we looked at the gift of the working of miracles. I'm sure that was a blessing. 1 Corinthians 12, today we're going to look at the gifts of healings. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, as you can see. Diversities here means different kinds. I've said this almost every time I've taught this. In every, in every service I've said it, I believe. There are diversities. The word diversities means different kinds. So we can read it this way. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities but it is the same God who walks all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit. That phrase is where I believe we got our theme from. The manifestation of the Spirit. We're looking at mighty manifestation of the Spirit. So when these gifts are in manifestation, it is the Holy Ghost that is in manifestation. Or we can say that it is Holy Ghost that is manifesting these gifts. That is the reason why we have said that these gifts do not manifest as we will. These gifts manifest as He wills. I can't just decide to prophesy right now. I can't just decide to see a vision right now. I can't just decide to fall into a trance right now. I can't just decide to see a dream right now. That is not my decision to make. That is a decision of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will show me what he wants to show me. The Bible says, I believe it's the book of Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says the secret things belongs to God, but the things that are revealed belongs to us and to our children that we may do his word. You see, there are secret things that belong to God and God will reveal secret things to those that fear him. There are times that God will come to you in the night season when you go to bed and you put your head on your pillow and the Lord will come to you in a dream and the Lord will speak to you about something that you need to know. It might be happening right now or something that must have happened or something that is going to happen. We understand that God is the one who determines what he shows us. We don't go to bed and plan to see a dream no when you try to do that the enemy can manipulate that and the enemy can start showing you things that you don't want to see and so many people are going to get into trouble if they are not careful with these things i heard a story of a woman who started hearing voices and she just started hearing voices because she had gone to a meeting and she heard i think it was a man of god preaching on the, on hearing the voice of God. And this woman began to pray and ask to hear voices. Notice she was not just praying to God to hear the voice of God, but she was praying to hear voices. I believe that is the, the story if I get it right. But anyways, she began to hear voices. 
She began to hear voices, and she would hear voices speak to her. But the voices she was hearing were not uh, from the Spirit of God. The voices she was hearing were demonic voices. And they brought a man of God to help her. And the man of God came to her. And the man of God said, I can help you, but you've got to be willing to stop hearing those voices. Do you want to stop hearing those voices? She said, no, I don't want to stop hearing those voices. The man of God said, I cannot help you. Because as long as she wanted to keep hearing those voices, there was nothing a man could do for her. God himself couldn't, I'm telling you, God himself could not do anything for her. And I'm not saying it to belittle God, our God is big. But I need you to understand that Jesus came into Nazareth and Jesus could not do any mighty works in Nazareth because of the people, not because of Jesus. The Bible also talks about how the Israelites limited the Holy One of Israel. You see, you, are, you can limit God by limiting your perception of God. You can limit God by limiting your, your understanding of God. You can limit God by trying to put God in a box. But you see, you cannot in actual fact limit God. You limit yourself because you are limiting your understanding of God. You are limiting yourself by putting yourself in a box. And when you limit yourself, you limit what God can do for you. When you limit your faith, you limit what your faith can bring into your life. The woman said, no, I want to keep hearing the voices. And because she insisted to keep hearing those voices, the man of God could not pray for her deliverance. And she kept hearing those voices. She lost her mind. I think she was eventually put in a psychiatric home. You see, I'm telling you, my friends, you can open the door to the enemy into your life if you are not careful uh, about these things. And I know that people make mistakes when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. There are times that things are taking the wrong way. But that is why we teach this stuff. That is why we are bringing the word of the Lord so that you will understand the way these things happen. That these gifts operate as the Spirit of God wills, not as I will, not as you will. I can't put it upon you now to prophesy. I know the names of some of you watching this broadcast right now. So I cannot even call you by name and tell you prophesy right now. I can't do that. I can't call you by your name now and tell you to give a word in tongues. I cannot do that. I cannot even speak in tongues right now and call on one of you to interpret the tongue. Now that is possible if the Holy Spirit is moving on me and on you at the same time that I can give a word in tongue and you will have the interpretation of the word that I've given in tongues. There are times that I've given a word in tongues in my own time of prayer and I've interpreted it myself. Praise God. That can happen. It does not just need to happen uh, when we meet in church. Even in our own private prayer times, we can pray in tongues and the Holy Ghost will give us the interpretation of that tongue. And as we interpret that tongue in our time of prayer, we will understand what the Holy Ghost is saying when we spoke that word in tongues. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a big encouragement to you. But I'm saying to you that these gifts move and operate as the Spirit of God wills, not as we will. Can someone shout amen? Praise God. Look at verse 5 again. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but is the same God who walks all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So when these gifts are in manifestation, like I said, it is the Holy Ghost that's manifesting them as he wills, and it is for the profit of everyone in the house. In actual, in actual fact, God wants us to profit. That is the reason why in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, let's read that, 1 Corinthians 14. Since I'm speaking about God wanting us to profit, watch this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, uh, but rather that you may prophesy. Notice, it says it is good to desire spiritual gifts. It is good to desire this gift. Now speaking to the church, the body of Christ, the church at Corinth at the time, 
He says, but rather that you may prophesy. Why did he say, but rather that you may prophesy? Now, this is a simple gift of prophecy. We haven't started teaching that, but I'm just showing you the need for us to understand that it is God's will for us as a church to profit. That when these gifts are in manifestation, it is for the profit of the church. And prophecy is one of those nine gifts of the Holy Ghost that causes the, 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 congregation to, the congregation to profit immensely. That ye may prophesy, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men for edification and exhortation and comfort. Can you see that? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And if you keep reading, it says that he that prophesies is greater than he that speaks with tongues. Now it's not comparing he that prophesies with he that speaks in tongues in the sense of comparing them personally. Rather, what he's doing is he's showing us that the one who prophesies is more beneficial to the house than the one who speaks in personal tongues. Because the one who speaks in personal tongues edifieth himself. The word to edify, the word edify means to build up. So when I say compa le when I do that, I am building up myself. The Bible talks about this in the book of Jude, verse 20. Dearly beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So when I pray in the Spirit, when I speak in tongues, I am building up myself. I am edifying myself. I am strengthening myself. I am rising up like an edifice, like one of those skyscrapers you see. When you go to major cities in the world, you see those skyscrapers, especially in, in, in those business areas of those, in those cities, those skyscrapers. That's exactly what the Bible is talking about. Building up yourself as you pray in the Holy Ghost, rising up like one of those skyscrapers, like an edifice as you pray in tongues. But if you prophesy in the church, guess what you're doing? You are raising the church. You are raising the people in the church up like an edifice. That's why Paul said, he that prayeth in tongues edified himself, but he that prophesieth edify the church. And it is better to edify the church than to just edify yourself. Now, Paul is not saying don't edify yourself, but he's saying it is better to edify the church. It is more profitable for the church to grow together than for just one person to grow, to grow all by himself. I mean, you can see that if you have a church of 100 people or you have a church of 150, 200 people and just a couple of people are growing and the, re the rest of the people, they are like spiritual midgets. You know that the work will not be so... I mean, it's a lot of work on those that are... The few that are growing because you see that it's just the few that are growing that are responsible in doing almost everything in the church. Are you listening to me? But God wants every one of us to grow. No one at the river here should be a spiritual midget. No one at the river here should be a spiritual yo-yo. No one at the river here should be a bungalow. I want everyone at the river here to be edifices. I mean skyscrapers. No one at the river here should be a midget. I want each one to be a spiritual giant. That's the will of God for you. If you believe it, shout amen. Can, can someone say amen? Praise the Lord. Verse 8 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. We looked at that. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. We looked at that. To another, faith by the same Spirit. We have not looked at that. We shall be looking at the gift of faith. It is the gift of God's supernatural faith. We shall see when we look at this next week that this is not your daily faith for daily living. This is not the faith that groweth. This is not your faith. This is not the faith that resides in you permanently. This is not the faith you build up daily as you study the word of God. No, this is God's faith. 
I'm going ahead of myself. And it's, it's one of the gifts. When you look at the, the power group, the, the gifts that do something. To another prophecy, we, we haven't looked at prophecy. To another discerning of spirits, we've looked at discerning of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues. Well, the, we shall see that. You, can, you, you would see that this is not your regular prayer language. To another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things distributing. Watch this now. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now he talks about as he wills again. He is the one who determines who flows in what. And he is the one who determines when we flow in them. Now today as we look at the gifts of healings. Notice. The gifts of healings are supernatural manifestation of the spirit of God from one individual to another to remove sickness from their body. The gift of healing is supernatural. It is a supernatural manifestation of the spirit of God from one individual to another to remove sickness from the other person's body. Can someone say amen? So when the gifts of healings are in manifestation, God will use somebody to remove sickness, disease, pain from people's physical bodies. Can you see that? Now, not every healing is supernatural in the context of what we are looking at. I need you to understand that not every healing is supernatural in the context of what we are looking at. If you even look at nature, there is a way that God has designed the human body that it heals itself. In the context of what we are looking at, that is not uh, the, gift, the gifts of healing. If you are cooking in the kitchen or you're slicing uh, tomatoes or onions in the kitchen and you mistakenly cut your finger, I mean, how many of you have done it? Mm, oh. you, 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 you do that. And then you leave it. And you find that a couple of days later, it has healed. Because God has done that in us. That is natural. It is in our nature. Our bodies just recover. We cannot put that in the category of what we are looking at today as we look at the gifts of healings. You can see that is obviously not supernatural gift of healing. You cut yourself and a few days later, your, your body will recover. That's a fact. Medicine. Praise God for medicine. Praise God for all the sophisticated gadgets. Praise God for the state of the art equipment that are in the hospitals today to help people. Praise God for doctors. And I mean praise God for good doctors. And you know that we pray for doctors. We believe that they are also fighting the same thing that we preachers are fighting do. They are fighting sickness and disease. They are fighting pain. And they, they are doing it with science. And they are doing it with what they studied in school. And they are doing it with medicine. And thank God for them. But I need you to understand that that is not supernatural. There's nothing supernatural about it. I know that sometimes when something is discovered in science, they say that's a miracle. That's not a miracle. It is science. It's not a miracle in the sense of what we are talking about. It's not a supernatural gift in the sense of what we are talking about. Yes, we understand there are terms that are used loosely in the world today. The sunset, the sunrise, oh, that's a miracle. That's not a miracle. That's nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? You look at the rainbow, that's a miracle. I understand that. But in the context of what we are talking about, when the doctors do their jobs and they help people recover by giving them medicines. The medicines work in their bodies to help them recover. We don't consider that as part of this subject uh, that we are dealing with, the gifts of healings. 
you will discover that when the gift of healing manifests, the sickness, the pain, or the disease will disappear instantly from the person's body. That is the difference. But when you look at these examples I've given to you, like when you cut your finger or you cut your finger in the kitchen cooking, it takes a few days for you to recover. You find out the pain is gone. But it takes a few days. It takes a few days. You might even put a plaster around it. But it takes a few days and it recovers. And if you go to the doctor because you are suffering from something, the doctor is going to help you. Praise God, like I said, for doctors. In no way am I... In no way am I saying you shouldn't use doctors. Of course, you know by speaking the way I'm speaking about medicine, I am in support of medicine. Because without medicine, so many people would not be alive today, even Christians. That's a fact. That's a fact. But you see, whether you cut your hand and it takes a few days and, and nature recovers, or your hand recovers naturally, or you go to a doctor, it gives you a prescription, and you take it for 30 days. You see, it takes a while for you to fully recover. But when the gift of healing is in manifestation, it happens instantly. That is the reason why this is different. And that's why it's different. A great man of God who was used, William Branham, was used powerfully in the gift of the word of knowledge and the gifts of healing. He would supernaturally call out people's sicknesses and he would tell them by the gift of the word of knowledge how they've been to the doctor a couple of weeks ago or a few days ago and he would call out the color of dress that they are wearing and call out the row where they are sitting in the sanctuary. And people he has never met, call them out by the gift of the word of knowledge. And like I've told you, the gift of the word of knowledge, it's supernaturally knowing what happened in the past or what's happening right now. So when he says that you were in the doctor's office a couple of weeks ago, maybe give you even the date. And maybe tell you the, the place you went to. And call out the, the, the dress you're wearing and maybe call out your name and call out the disease. That is the gift of the word of knowledge. Now, the moment that happens, when that person indicates that he or she is the one that the man of God is talking about, God will instantly take the sickness out of their body. So it is by the gift of the word of knowledge, he knew what had happened and what is happening. And it is by the gifts of healing that the person gets instantly healed. Notice, it does not happen to everybody in the sanctuary or in the place. He does not call out everybody's name. He does not call out everybody's case. Because when the gift of, uh, of healing begins to operate, by the gift of the word of knowledge, for those who operate in, in that way, your name will be, might be called out or what has happened or your case might be called out. And if your case is called out, then God wants to heal that case. Now, we leave that totally up to God because I've told you that it is as the Spirit wills. We'll leave that totally up to God to determine who he calls out. Can someone say amen? We leave that up to God to determine who he calls out. Now, when I begin to talk about even the gift of prophecy, we will probably deal with this also because when it comes to the gift of simple gift of prophecy, you understand. I mean, I've prophesied over people. I've also operated... It, it's a combination, sometimes I've noticed, it's the gift of the word of knowledge and prophecy. Where I speak to, to people, sometimes strangers that I've never met, they come to church for the first time. I remember this lady, this lady came to the Turkish service, a young lady, and in the sanctuary as I was ministering, I walked up to her because I knew there was something that I needed to say to her. But I was speaking of what had happened in the past. And I was talking to her. And when I spoke that to her, I began to prophesy what the Lord uh, was telling me and what the Lord is going to do. So it was the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom and prophecy mixed together. And the lady said, you are not the first to tell me this. That's what she told me. You are not the first to tell me this. So we understand that that was even a confirmation to tell the lady that God 
was the one who spoke to her about this before, and God is the one using me to confirm it. Can someone shout amen? So this, this is supernatural. All these gifts are supernatural. The gifts of healings are supernatural. Now I need to tell you this. Because it is as the Spirit of God wills, and this gift does not manifest all the time. Are you getting one my point? Does not manifest all the time. So we can say that it is 50-50. What do I mean by 50-50? I, I think you understand. We can say it's 50-50. Now you can come to church and you can hope that the gift of the gifts of healings will manifest. And if the Holy Spirit wants the gifts of healings to manifest, then, then they will. But there are services, because I've understood ministering for all these years, that every service is different. There are services where, I mean, God is just doing all kinds of things amongst his people. There are services that I've been to where I did not really preach my message. Because God did not want me to preach the message. God wanted to do some things in the lives of his people. And there are services I've been to where we did not necessarily have all this, you know, display of power, display of glory and all of that. And that's not to say we did not have the presence of God. But God just wanted me in those services to preach and teach the word. I just opened the Bible and I taught the Bible. You see, a lot of times people are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. They are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. The word of the living God is a supernatural word. Don't be out there looking for the spectacular and you miss the supernatural. And this is where a lot of people have got into trouble because they go to church looking for the spectacular but they miss the supernatural. That is why so many do not read the Bible anymore. They just go to a man of God that operates in glory, operates in power, and they go there and let him preach, but let him just... See, some people don't even come to hear the message anymore. They come to get a word of prophecy. They come to hear the word of prophecy. That's why I, I, I made my mind up that I'm not going to pray for people, except the Holy Ghost tells me to, but I'm not going to pray for anybody before the service starts. Because so many don't come to hear the word. They come to be, they just come for you to pray for them. And when you pray for them, they will leave. They will never sit under the word. They will never sit under the anointing. I've had that happen to me a few times. Oh, pastor, there is someone here. She came all the way from this place. She wants you to pray for her. Or he, he wants you to pray for him. Can you pray now? And I did. And when I finished, they left. I thought they came to church. No, they didn't come to church. They just came to receive prayer. And you pray for them and they zoom off. They never come back. So I made up my mind and I'm telling you right now, except the Lord tells me, pray for that person before the service starts. If the Lord doesn't tell me, I'm not praying. You sit in the word, you sit in the service, you sit under the word, you sit under the anointing and I promise you, Many times, I may not even finish the message when God will deal with your case. I've, heard this, this, I've had a situation where somebody wanted to ask me something and, and wanted to deal with it before the service started. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to deal with this before the service starts. So I just, and I didn't even hear what the man wanted to say. It was a man who came to the church for the first time and wanted to engage me in this conversation. And I didn't want to get involved in any conversation before the service. And so... I told him to wait after the service would talk. And it was in our Turkish congregation. And the young man for the first time came and sat there in the service. And I finished my message. And after the message, I, I said, okay, now let's talk. He said, no, uh, there is no need. It's over. I, I've, I've got my answer. You see, he got his answer when he sat under the word. He got his answer when the Holy Ghost was ministering to him. Come on now, say Amen. 
So I said to you that the gift of the gifts of healings, we can say is 50-50. And the reason why I say that is because it is as the Spirit of God wills. So you might come to a service and the gifts of healings may not be in operation. I used the word may. I didn't say will not. May not. Because it does not depend on me. It depends on the Holy Spirit. Just as the gift of prophecy does not depend on me. It depends on the Holy Ghost. Just like the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom does not depend on me. It depends on the Holy Ghost. I told you when I started today that I cannot just decide to see a vision right now. So I don't go to a service and when I'm standing up there behind the pulpit and I'm just hoping to see a vision of somebody. No, I'm telling you, the visions I've seen of people, the dreams and the trances that I've seen of people and of situations, I did not even see them because I was thinking of the person or thinking of the people. I saw them because the Holy Spirit brought them to me. I wasn't even thinking. That was the last person on my mind, if you know what I mean by that. In actual, fact, I'll, in actual fact, I'll even go further to say that person was not on my mind even. And one moment I was minding my business, the next moment I was seeing stuff about the person. So these things flow as the Spirit of God wills. And that's why I told you that the gifts of healings, it's 50-50. But I want to give you a few ways that you can receive healing that is 100%. You see why I said this? This is 50-50. But what I'm going to share with you right now, it's 100%. But it requires that you put the work that is required into it. So there are several ways to receive healing that are not the gifts of healings, but they are supernatural. Receiving healing by the word. Receiving healing by the word. I remember this was many years ago. I walked into a house. In actual fact, I had gone to visit this family. And when I got into the house, they were celebrating the birthday of one of their, of their first baby. Of the actual, the only baby in the house. I guess she was, I can't remember exactly, probably she was turning three or four. So I went to the house of this couple. And when I got in there, we sat, at, we sat in the living room and just celebrating the birthday of this baby. This was many years ago. And they told me, actually I asked, I said, where is, I mentioned the name of, of, uh, of the lady's sister. I said, where is your sister? I mentioned the name. And they told me that um, she was in one of the rooms and uh, she was lying down in the bed and she lying down sick that she wasn't feeling well. So I said, okay, can someone take me into the house, into the room with her? Because I didn't want to go into the room alone. Can someone take me into the room? And so, I mean, the husband of the house was there, the wife of the house was there, um, the, the sister of the wife was sick, the brother of the wife was there. So I told the brother of the wife, please, can you take me? And so the young man took me into the room where the lady was. She was there lying on the bed, sick, sick of fever. And uh, I looked at her and I reminded her of two places in the Bible. The first place is in Isaiah 53, where it talks about he was taking like a sheep to the slaughter and was dumb. He was wounded for our transgression, was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah 53. So I recited that to her, reminded her because she, she, she's a believer, so she understands that. She has heard it many times. She has probably read it many times, but I reminded her. And then I moved over to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who is unsaid bear our sins in his own body that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So we understand Isaiah prophesying Isaiah 53 was looking into the future. In other words, it was, a, it was written about 750 years before Jesus was born. So Isaiah was looking into the future. That's why he said, by his stripes we are healed. But Peter was looking 
to the cross. Notice Isaiah looking uh, into the future, but Peter looking to the past. Let's say it that way. Isaiah looking into the future and Peter looking to the past. Because when Peter wrote 1 Peter 2.24, Jesus had already died and resurrected and ascended to heaven. So Isaiah says, we are healed. But Peter says, we were healed. So I focused on 1 Peter 2.24 as I was speaking these words of the Bible to this young lady. And I asked her, The word, were, is it past tense, present tense, or future tense? She looked at me. She got the message. <laughs> I said, okay, so if you were healed, what are you doing on this bed? Oh, she got the message. You see, the Bible says in the book of James that faith, Without corresponding action is dead. But how does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what I did was I spoke the word of God into this young lady's soul. I spoke the word of God into her spirit. And when she saw it, a faith came. And so I grabbed her by the hand. Me and the brother, we, I picked her up from the bed. And we took her out from the bedroom. Listen, all this time she was still feeling feverish. She was still feeling weak. And we moved her into the living room and she joined us in the celebration. And she was there. She wasn't really saying a lot. But about 20 minutes later, she said to me, Pastor Godwell. I said, what? She said, the fever is gone. The pain is gone. I feel good. I feel healed. I feel better. She was totally and completely set free. You know why? Because God's word will work 100 times. God's word will work if you release your faith to receive healing by the word of God. It will work for you. This is no respect to our persons. The gifts of healings. And I'm not saying God's a respect to our persons when it comes to that. But it is as the spirit of God wills. And so we cannot determine that. But when it comes to receiving healing in your physical body, by putting pressure on the word of God, I'm telling you, if your faith will rise, and if you will see what God says about your body, if you see what God says about your health in his word, and you stand upon that word, it's going to work for you. It's going to work for you. It's going to work for you. 100 times, it's going to work for you. Can someone say amen? So when this young lady saw it, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. So if I was healed, I shouldn't be lying down on the bed sick. And you see, faith without works, faith without corresponding action is dead. When she saw it, she believed it, and she stepped out of the bed. And she came into the living room with us. And 20 minutes later, that which she received, when I told her, because when I spoke these words to her, she received it by faith. And guess what happened? When she received it by faith, it took about 20 minutes to manifest in her physical body. Listen, the word of God will work all the time. The Bible says to us that he sent forth his word and his word healed them. He sent forth his word and his word healed them. How does he send forth his word to your physical body today? When you find scriptures that speak about healing and health and you begin to meditate on those scriptures, you are letting him send forth the word into your body, into your physical body, whatever it is that the doctor has told you, the word of God can change and reverse the report of the doctor. And you can believe God's word to drive out sickness and to heal your body and to strengthen you. If you believe it, give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 to verse 22, it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Watch this. For they are life to those that find them. The word of God is life to those that find them. I like the fact that it says you've got to find it. And that is where the work must be done. You've got to find it. A lot of people are not looking. That is why they are not finding. If you've got to find it, it means you've got to look for it. And if you are looking for it, you're going to find it. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall 
shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. For he that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocks the door shall be opened unto you. I like the way it says in Amplified Classic. He that asks and keep asking shall receive. He that seeks and keeps seeking shall find. He that knocks and keeps knocking. The door shall be opened unto them. So for you to find it. It means you have to dig into the treasures of the word of God. Because the word of God is the greatest treasure. You don't walk on the street and pick. Uh, diamonds and gold on the street. No, they are not on the surface. Even those precious stones are dug deep down on the inside of the earth to find them. How much more the word of God? This is the reason why so many are not receiving healing in their physical bodies because they are not looking for the word of God that brings health to them. Notice it said they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. You've been suffering the same thing for years. Oh, you've been suffering that headache. You've been suffering that backache. You've been suffering that stomach pain. You've been suffering the same thing for years. And you have not received your healing yet. You've gone to doctors maybe, but it hasn't helped. The word of God is medicine. Watch what it says. It says it's life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. In actual fact, where it says health to their flesh, it means medicine to their flesh. This is where the work is, my friend. You've got to work this. So you can receive healing by the word, 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 by the word. Find yourself the word of God that speaks about your health and your healing. And begin to meditate. Give time. Read it. Meditate on it. Speak it into your body. Speak it into your body. And I tell you, as you speak it into your body, it is God sending forth his word to heal your body and to deliver you from destruction. So number one, you can receive healing by the word. Number two, I told you the story of this young lady, so I, but I tell another story. Somebody came to me, this was years ago. I was, uh, it was a Saturday morning. We were having music rehearsal in the church. And somebody walked into the church and said to me, Pastor God, there is somebody in coma. And the person is in the intensive care unit in Shishli at Fal uh, Hospital. Can you please come and pray? I didn't even know who this guy was. But a young man who came to call me knew this guy. And he said, can you please come and pray? And I felt in my spirit to take an, a bottle of anointing oil. And I walked into the office. I picked up a bottle of anointing oil. I said, okay, let's go. So after music practice, we went there to Shishilet Fall, and when I got there, the girlfriend of the young man was there uh, looking after him. He was in coma, and I, I, I put that oil up upon his forehead and anointed him with oil. And when I anointed him with oil, I called him back. I said in the name, basically I just called him back. And I believe when you anoint people with oil, you release the anointing of the Holy Spirit into their bodies. The works of the devil into in their bodies will be driven out by that anointing. You see, that anointing is, is, is symbolic to the presence of the Holy Ghost. And so when I anointed him with oil, I called him back. And you see, when you do that, you do it in faith, believing as you even pray the prayer of faith, believing that 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 sickness will leave the person's body and God will do a work of rejuvenation and a work of healing by the anointing in that person's body. In Mark chapter 6, the disciples of Jesus went about preaching, casting out devils, and anointing the sick with oil and healing them. The disciples of Jesus did that too. In the book of James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, Is any sick amongst you? Let them call the elders of the church and let... Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if he has committed any sin, it shall be forgiven him. Right? So I anointed that man with oil and I walked away. And to be honest with you, I'll tell you, God's my witness. When I was anointing, with, anointing him with oil, I do not even remember I felt the presence of God. I don't even remember feeling anything. But I just anointed him in faith. Notice what it says in James chapter 5. It says, is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. And let the elders pray over him. Anointing him with oil. Watch this. He said, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It is the prayer of faith that saves them. The anointing oil is released 
Absolutely, it is necessary. Like I said, it's the presence of God surging through their physical bodies. But it is the prayer of faith along with that oil that heals them. Can someone say amen? So I anoint with oil. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. People are sick. I hear that and I take a bottle of oil. I go pray for them. Praise God. Praise God. That's the second way. Anoint people with oil. I do it a lot. Praise God. It works. It works. But number three, I remember the story of this woman who was sick. She had cancer. And uh, Sister Enerjan, uh, Brother Doveran's wife, brought the lady to church. And you know, when they bring people like that to church, they must have told them that, oh, if you come to our church, the Lord is going to use our pastor to pray for you and God's going to heal you. God uses him. You know, and when you begin to tell people things like that, guess what happens? Their faith will begin to rise. You remember the story of the woman at the well when she met with Jesus? And Jesus said, uh, uh, give me water to drink. The woman said, why are you speaking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Samaritans and Jews don't have anything in common. Jesus said, if you knew who it was that asked you to give him water, you will not, you will give, you will not just give him water, but you ask him to give you the water that he had. Jesus said, the water that I have will be in you a well of water springing up to everlasting life. If any man drink of this water you're drawing from, that man will be thirsty again. But if anyone drink of the water that I shall give unto them, that person will never be thirsty again. But the water I give to them will be a well on the inside of them springing up to everlasting life. Anyways, Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I've got no husband. Jesus said, you spoke correctly, but you've had five husbands in the past and the one you're living with right now is not your husband and so this woman is shocked as Jesus is operating in the gift of the word of knowledge and this woman goes into Samaria and guess what she said she said to them come and see a man who has told me all the things that I've ever done it's not this the Christ you see when she went to her city and she began to proclaim what Jesus had done faith began to rise on the inside of the people and guess what the people came out to see Jesus why because of what she had told them so when Enerjan spoke to this lady, this lady must have had some level of faith before coming to church. So she came, and I began to pray for her. At the end of my message, I called her up and laid my hands on her. I didn't even know when she came, she was wearing a wig. She fell out under the anointing. And I said to her, when you get back up, go back to your doctor and let him check you out, and you will find out that the cancer is gone. Now, I want to say to you that what happened right there, I believe, was mutual faith. It was a mutual faith. The woman, like I said, must have come in faith because of what Sister Enerjan must have told her. And when she came, I also came in faith, and I prayed for her. As I laid my hands on her, she fell out under the power of God and I spoke the word of faith. And I said, when you get up from the carpet, go back to your doctor and let him check you out and you will find out that the cancer is gone. She didn't go back to her doctor immediately. It took about seven months. One day she looked into the mirror and she saw that her hair began to grow back. She went back to the doctor like I told her. And the doctor checked her out. And every trace of cancer was gone. She was cancer free. When Devran and Enerjan had their wedding on the boat last year, the woman came to the wedding. I couldn't even recognize her. But Enerjan, the bride, brought the woman to me and said, Pastor, do you remember this woman? This is the woman that came to church who was sick of cancer, the one you prayed for, the one you told to go back to the doctor. And Enerjan pulled her hair because her hair had fully grown back. She was not wearing wig on this day, on the day of the wedding. Enerjan said, look, pastor, this is her real hair. That was when I discovered, or that was when I found out that the first day she came to church, she was wearing a wig. Totally healed by the power of God. Totally healed by mutual faith. If two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything, they shall ask the father in my name. The father will do it unto them. And do it for them. Can someone shout amen, amen, amen. 
Is this helping anybody today? Someone might say, Pastor God, but I've never prayed for anyone to be healed. I've never seen anyone healed. Well, the reason you've probably not seen anyone healed is because you've not prayed for anybody to be healed. Have you prayed for the sick? You've got to pray before you see them healed. One of the interesting things about the gifts of healings is that one minister may be used in healing deaf ears. I want you to notice in the original text, even though in some translation it says the gift of healings. But no, gifts and healings. The word gifts is plural and the word healings is plural. It is not gift of healings. It is not gifts of healing. It is gifts of healings. That's the original. So you will notice that some, some, some ministers are used more when it comes to opening deaf ears. It just seemed to me as if there are so many, how do I say it, so many gifts of healing. If you understand what I mean. So some ministers have success more when it comes to praying for people that are cancer patients. Some have more success when it comes to praying for the blind. Some have more success when it comes to praying for the deaf. I mean, just different areas, people. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. See, Jesus was the only one who operated in the fullness of these things. The Bible says that he had the anointing without measure. But we have the anointing in measure. Can someone say amen? He had the anointing without measure. Amen. He was the only one who operated in all these gifts. Without measure. In my case, personally, personally, and I'm not implying that what I'm about to share with you, uh, it's necessarily the gifts of healings. But in my case, I have discovered that it, it, all these years ministering, I've seen... I've discovered that it is easy for me to believe for people to get pregnant. It's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's not a big deal. If they come in faith, I come in faith, I pray for them, they get pregnant. I just personally discovered that myself. Because it's, it's important to also take inventory of what's really working. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's working consistently. Even with the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, I told you that the revelation gifts, I've discovered in my own personal life and ministry that the revelation gifts are more frequent in my life, in my personal life, in my ministry. The revelation gifts, the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Very, very regular, very consistent by the grace of God. Amen. But I personally also have discovered that it's easier for me to pray for people that want a baby. A couple walked into the office with me many, many years ago after the French service on a Monday. And, and walked into the office and brought me an envelope. And in the envelope, they had put money in it. And they said, Pastor, we want to sow this to you personally. And we want you to pray for us because we want my, my wife to get pregnant. And they put the envelope in my hands. And I prayed for about two minutes. Really, about two minutes. I don't think I prayed more than two minutes. You know, you put your hands and say, Father, bless them, give them a child. You know, something like that. That easy. They walked out of the office. And three months later, about three months later, she was pregnant. And when the wife got pregnant, the man came back to me with another offering. But this time around, it was an offering of thanksgiving. He said, Pastor, I'm, I'm bringing an offering of thanksgiving for what God has done for my wife. Or for us. My wife is pregnant. Praise God. About nine months later, she gave birth to the baby. And then she gave birth to another baby. You see, it just seemed as if the floodgate was open. And here comes babies. When the second baby was born in France, they, called, they, they messaged me and they asked me if it was okay to name the second baby after me. So the second baby is God will. I said, yes, it's okay. Name the second baby after me. Praise the Lord. Amen. I also remember right after this couple got pregnant, uh, I and brother Jonas, we went around visiting our French-speaking uh, members. We were visiting them, and we walked into the house of this brother, 
whose wife just arrived. Actually, yeah, we walked into the house of this brother. The wife had not been to our church, but the husband has been, had been coming to our church at the time. So when we got there, we, we just were talking, and suddenly the woman, I think she walks into their bedroom, and she brings out an envelope, and she puts it in my hands, and she said to me, she said, I want the Lord to bless me with a baby. Can you please pray? Now notice, I wasn't even talking about anything like that. I wasn't talking about, a mir- mir- I wasn't talking about miracles. I wasn't talking about sowing any special seed. It was her own idea. It was her initiative. She put the envelope in my hand, and, and I took it. Yeah, of course. It's, it's a faith, like I said. A faith is in that seed. So she released it. And when she gave it, I prayed over her. We walked out, I and Brother Jonas, and about three months later, I bumped into the husband on the street, and the husband said to me, uh, the guy couldn't speak in, a word in English, and I also didn't know, uh, didn't know how, I mean, I can't, I can't speak French. And so the, the brother said to me, Mama, Bebe, Mama, Bebe, which means Mama is pregnant. My wife is pregnant, praise the Lord. And that was about three months ago when she sowed that seed and believed God to get pregnant. Amen. A couple also walked up to me. This was years ago in our church. And uh, they've been married for a number of years, couldn't have babies. And uh, they came to me. The husband actually came to me and he was so concerned. And I said, okay, let's see what we do. And this was the only time. This was the only time I have had to do what I'm about to tell you now with people looking for a child. I said, I put you on a three-day fast. I put him and his wife on a three-day fast. And uh, I just felt there was something spiritual, there was something demonic about their situation. So I put both of them on a three-day fast. On the third day, I told them to come over to the church. They came to the church and I prayed for them. It was just me and both of them in the church. Prayed over them. The woman fell out another part of God, lay down there for a while, got back up. As I speak to you today, they have two children. Praise God. Amen. So, look, look, it's just, you just discover this thing is working. <laughs> this thing is working. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. Now, I want you to go with me to the Gospel of John chapter 5. I'm going to finish with this. I'm, I'm sure this is exciting. I'm sure you are getting blessed. John chapter 5, we're going to read from verse number 1. We're going to see the gifts of healing or the gift of healing here in the ministry of Jesus. Like I've said to you, this is as the Spirit wills. And you're going to notice something very significant with all that I've been saying as we read this text. John chapter 5, we read from verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. I want you to notice that in this place was a great multitude of sick people. Not one, not two, not three. One, thing I've, one of the things I've discovered about the Bible is there is no exaggeration. If the Bible says great multitude, it is great multitude. If the Bible says two people, it is two people. If the Bible says multitude, it is multitude. Notice it says a great multitude, not just multitude, but a great multitude of sick people. So everyone there was sick. Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So you can see everyone there was waiting for this angel to show up and stir up the pool. And anyone who jumps in first as the angel does that will be the person to be healed. If you jump in second, sorry, you're coming out wet. You you went in sick and dry, but you came out sick and wet. If you jump in second, don't matter. The first is the only one that gets the healing. And they are healed of whatever the disease was. 
Watch this, verse 5. Now a certain man, I like that, does not give us his name. Says it's a certain man. <clears throat> this was one of the men there. A certain man was there who had, who had an infirmity, listen to this, 38 years. Oh my God, 38 years. Thir that's a long time to be sick. That's a long time to lay in one place sick. That's a long time. That affects every area of your life. Verse 6, then, sorry, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew. Oh, 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 watch this now. How did he know? What, by the gift of the word of knowledge. And knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. How did he know the man had been there for 38 years? By the gift of the word of knowledge. Are you seeing this? I told you the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of healing will work together. Just like I told you the story of uh, William Branham. And there are ministers that even operate like that today. In the course of ministering, the Lord will speak to them about people's condition. Right? But this is the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of healing in operation. And notice it does not happen to everybody. That's why I told you earlier that it's 50-50. Because it is as the Spirit of God wills. But we can depend on the orders that I gave you. Because those ones are going to work. If you can release your faith in those areas. Jesus knew that a man had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was the, the Jews, they were, sorry, let me read verse 10 again. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Religious people. He answered them, verse 11, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. He does not even know who made him well. That shows me the man did not even have faith. It was not his faith. It was the gift of healing. <laughs> Everyone else that Jesus healed, in really if you think about most healings we see in the Bible, when Jesus will heal them, he will say to them, do you believe I can do this? Correct? When blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus, he said, Lord, open my eyes. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Be it done unto you according to your faith. Where is your faith? Don't doubt. If you can believe, you shall see the glory of God. Right? He even came to Nazareth, couldn't do any mighty works because of their unbelief. But notice, what did he do when he noticed unbelief in Nazareth? The Bible says he went about teaching. Because he was applying the other stuff that I gave you to bring healing to the people. But in this case, it was not the faith of the man. The man did not even know who Jesus was. When Jesus went into that place and Jesus said, uh, Mr. Man, do you want to be well? He said, when the water is stirred, there is nobody to put me in because I've got no man. You see, he didn't even know it was Jesus. When he received this healing, he got up and took his bed, walked out of the place, the, the religious leader said, why are you carrying your bed? It's Sabbath day. He said, but the man who told me to get up, told me to carry my bed. Who is the man? I don't know him. Look at verse 12. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Who commanded you to do this on the Sabbath day? But the man who was healed did not know who it was. If he didn't know who it was, how did he release his faith? So obviously he had no faith in this. This was not him. This was the gift of healing. Completely the gift. Which shows us when the gift of healing is a manifestation, it happens despite or in spite, in spite of your, <laughs> your faith or no faith. If you understand what I'm saying. If you get my point here. 
This is God's mercy. This is God's mercy. This is God's mercy. This is God. Men of God will even tell you, there are times that they have prayed about people and they, they knew it was not their faith. They, they had no faith for it. A man of God was telling the story. He said, they brought me a dead child and I held the child. <laughs> you know, like, it's based, I, I think in the story he talked about how he didn't even, there was no anointing at all. He felt so dry. And there he was with a dead child. And people were expecting. But before he knew it, the crowd was shouting and screaming. The man knew it was not him. It was not him. It was the miraculous power of God. Can someone shout hallelujah? Verse 14 says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So you can see, until Jesus showed up to instruct the man, the man didn't know who it was that healed him. He didn't know. So it had nothing to do with the man's faith. It had to do with the gift of healing. This is God's wisdom, people. God, in his wisdom, chooses to do things this way. He didn't heal everybody there. Notice when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, all these sick people were there, but Jesus didn't go to any of them because he was moved to by the Spirit of God to this one man. That is how the gifts of healings operate. That's why in some services, God will give, like even, even when you look at the word of prophecy, God will give a word to some people, not because others are not... Uh, Cannot get a word, but God does not give the word to everybody. Sometimes he will pick up people specifically and tell them stuff about their lives. The gift of the word of knowledge, gift of the word of wisdom and prophecy, speaking into the lives of people, but not in the lives of everybody. This is God's wisdom, people. We must learn to trust him. It's as the spirit wills. But the other ones that I gave you, that's where we need to put the work necessary. Especially when it comes to receiving healing based on faith. Based on the word of God. We've got to release our faith in the word. 